Welcome to Ukulele's New Black. I'm Meredith Harper and I love to play the ukulele. In this podcast, I talk to ukulele players to find out why they play ukulele, what they love about it and how it's changed their lives. I wanted to play an instrument Because musicians are so cool And I wanted to be cool But I found playing an instrument is kind of hard I went to the Central Coast Ukulele and Folk Festival in August and I had a chat there to Dennis Aubrey and Pete Purton. They performed there as a duo called Aubrey and Purton. They've been busking together for years and it really showed their performance looks so effortless and they know how to engage a crowd. They also know an awful lot of songs and they can remember the words. They play quite a few songs in this episode. Enjoy. ukulele players introduce yourselves hi meredith i'm pete purton and i play ukulele with my singing partner here dennis aubrey yes and i'm a i'm playing a lot of ukulele but when we're playing together i often play guitar so that we've got a bit of dynamic range although sometimes i play the guitar i put the capo on the fifth fret and we're still playing the same chords anyway really it's the magic of the capo yes, isn't it yes. it's a wonderful thing <laughs> I had a friend ask me the other day, can she get a capo for her voice? They haven't invented that yet. It's a shame, isn't it? There was one of our, my favourite songwriters had a capo for a piano. How does that work? Ah, It is a stringed instrument. Well, Irving Berlin always played in the key of F sharp on black keys. And the, the harp inside his piano was on a rail that used to slide backwards and forwards with a little lever. So he could, he could play in F sharp and if he adjusted the harp, it'd be in a different key. Oh. So you could play it up, move it up and down and still get the same shapes on his fingers. Yeah. But different key for different songs. And, yeah, oh, I whole, need one of those. Whole long story anyway. So, um, Dennis. Yes. We might start with you. All right. So, um, what possessed you to pick up a ukulele? Well, um, when I was a little kid, my old man had an old Hawaiian ukulele and he used to play things like... You up in a boxy, honey. Better be red about how bad it Dark Town Stratus Ball. Yep. And he sang that several million times when I was a little kid. And uh, uh, I never, no one ever really encouraged me to play an instrument until first year of high school. We had a Dutchman who taught us to play songs on the ukulele. So I borrowed my old man's ukulele. And uh, so I started then when I was like 12. Uh, but I never, as I said, no one really encouraged me. But in the meantime, during my high school years, my brother had finished school and gone to university in Canberra, actually. Quit that, came back to Sydney and became a professional musician. And by the time I started playing seriously in 1972, when I was like 19, he had already had, was in a band that had some hits and had won the Hoadley's Battle of the Sounds and won a trip to America, ended up in Canada and never came back. Wow. So I didn't start playing until after he'd already gone. But he'd sort of basically created a path for me to follow. So, so you guess you knew it was possible. So, so I thought, well, you know. So anyway, after three or four years of working first in a, the public service and then in a music shop, from about 1973 onwards, that was the last time I had a job, you know, basically. So I've just been an old street singer for the last 40-something years, you know. And did you play any other instruments? Uh, well, if I'm in a recording environment, uh, I play everything, you know, or, or, or I can get my computer to play everything. So, you know, the, the real instruments I can play are like uh, 
you know, banjo, mandolin, bass, uh, stringed instruments most, mostly. I'm, I'm not a very good piano player, but my computer, computer can, I can write in piano parts one note at a time with a mouse. Oh, okay. Which is a bit of a laborious process, but after you've been doing it for a while, it gets easier. Isn't you know? it easier just to play it on a piano? <laughs> if you can play the piano. If you can play the piano, that's the point, you see. The notes are right there, you just press them. <laughs> yes, but it's not music, you know, you've got to make it sound like music. You see. Yeah, yeah, no, fair, fair <laughs> enough, yeah. <laughs> so, Pete? Yeah, I, I played the guitar from about the age of 16, and not really in a professional capacity, although I did, I did some work overseas when I was in my 20s but then I just sort of would you know play at home and um, it was um, when I got married and went and had a honeymoon in the Cook Islands and every night we would go out and there would be people playing ukuleles four string ukuleles six string ukuleles eight string ukuleles all sorts of ukuleles and I became intrigued so as soon as I got home I bought one and literally I have not played the guitar since that day. Wow. I just play the ukulele all the time and I'm still married to the same <laughs> She must be an absolute saint. <laughs> and then she is. And then one day about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, Dennis, who, who I knew, said he'd been offered a, a, a gig busking at Pannington Markets in Sydney and um, would I like to join him? And I said, oh, I, no, no, I can't do that. And then he, I think he went down there one week. Then he, I saw him again. And he said, you really should come down, you know, we could do this. And so we started um, working together as a duo every Saturday at Paddington. And, um, For about five years. We just found we had a chemistry and we could sing harmony. And I, I really enjoy playing with Dennis. It's great fun. It's very spontaneous. And he's really good at, at working a crowd and assessing what needs to be done to get the crowd interested, as, as you saw at this festival just half an hour ago. Correct, So yes. um, um, we still work as a duo. We now we also have a five-piece band when we do a pub gigs in Sydney. And uh, so there's all sorts of different permutations, but the core of it is Dennis Aubrey and me, Pete Purton. And so do you, is this your day job as well? Well, I retired from my day job about two years ago, um, and that gave me time to just concentrate on music, which is just what I gravitate to when I have a spare moment. So I've just found myself um, playing a lot more in the last two years, which is a great privilege. Yeah. I should point out, Pete's day job was a pretty good day job. He was the curator at the Powerhouse Museum. Oh, that would be a fun job. It was a good job. I yeah. really enjoyed it. I, yeah. I did it for 32 years, and I think, well, now's the time to stop and that, move, that's, move on. That's enough curation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so yes, I guess I should point out for the listeners, we are here at the Central Coast Ukulele and Folk Festival, I think. Is it a and folk this year? Uh, I didn't realise it was and folk. Well, last year I know mm. it was the and folk. I, mm. Could I, be. <laughs> well, we saw someone playing a, guita- a guitar earlier, so. <laughs> yeah, they do allow the occasional yeah. guitar, really, as long as they behave themselves. <laughs> and actually, you're quite lucky. I think it's always good to do your act early in the day, so then you can just enjoy yourself yes. after that. Well, we were, you know, like, I think that that crowd there that we just played for were about as responsive as they're ever going to be all day. So, you know, as long as they're awake and actually singing the na-na-na-na-na part when we ask them to, then we don't mind what time of day it is, really. So the, the whole busking thing, I, I'm just watching you on stage. I do know that you do the busking because you did the busking workshop at the Blue Mountains Festival right, yeah, in yeah. February, I think, which I went yeah. to. Oh, good. And I remember seeing you there and thinking, 
he might be good on my podcast. And then when I saw you here, I thought, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll do that. But it really shows on we're on stage because you just have that, you just talk to them like it's easy. <laughs> Somebody said to us the other, recently, we, we were doing a gig and we played for several hours before we had a break. And somebody said to us, why don't you have a break more often? And I said, well, if you're busking and you, if you have a break, then people stop throwing money, you know. So, so when we the first few years of our partnership, we played every Saturday at Paddington Market. And then for a while we had a break from that. And now we're back there doing it fairly frequently. But uh, we, we would play for six hours and only have one comfort break. Wow. You know, or so, you know it's just, we're crazy really. You know. So you must know a lot of songs. Thousands of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you clearly remember all the words, which I think is amazing. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's, for me, if I can sing with a fairly loud voice, reasonably in tune, being able to sing harmony and having a good memory for chords and lyrics, then that's, they're the cornerstones of what gives me whatever I've got compared to somebody else who's a really good musician. See, I don't consider myself a guitarist or a... A technician. I, I, I just sort of play the most basic chords, really. I mean, there's a certain amount of showing off stuff, but not much, really. You know. <laughs> so, Pete, Pete, do you do the showing off stuff? No, he does the showing off stuff. I do more of the organisational stuff. Right. But the skills that Dennis has picked up um, playing on the street have saved us so many times from situations where we would we would otherwise be dying on stage, like weddings. You play at a wedding, and you know, for the first couple of hours people are pretty focused on the, the wedding and the couple and the, the champagne and everything but Dennis always manages to um, get their attention and by the end of the you, by the end of the night where three hours earlier you were literally dying on stage he's got them yelling for more and if it was just me there I'd still be dying on stage so <laughs> it's got great skills social skills as well as musical skills well that's it I think it isn't just about the music at all is it you've got to have that that crowd sort of engagement and it's something that's on my list well I've got a few friends and I we've started a sort of three-piece thing and our plan is to start by busking yeah, because yeah. I think it's a really good way you're basically you, you're rehearsing in public I suppose yeah. but I think it gives you that confidence and practice it. You're not going to get, you don't get that many gigs paid or otherwise elsewhere, but you can stay there, as you say, all day. Yeah. Although we haven't started yet because it's winter in Canberra. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I heard about it. I saw the photos. Yeah, snow. it's snow. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it's been a really, really cold winter. So we think, yeah, maybe around October. An- <laughs> another skill that Dennis has, which um, is valuable, is um, in some situations you can't use amplification, like some of the markets. Yeah, Paddington, we're not allowed to use. Oh, and, really? And okay. He, you know, he, Dennis is a, is a human PA system. So he can really make a lot of noise. And, and with the two of us, we don't need a PA system yeah. when we're sitting there at the markets. And um, while other buskers would find that challenging, um, we're lucky that we can pull that off. So you don't um, run out of voice? Well, uh, no, well, look, uh, last week Pete was away and I got another friend of ours to come in and sit, sit in with me. I had done three hours on my own on the Friday night, and then on the Saturday, Doug and I did four and a half hours at Paddington, and then I decided to go out and just have a little busk on, on Sunday, and I, I realised that without Pete there on Saturday, I'd, I'd been working probably 20% harder than I would normally, and the fact that I'd put in like four and a half hours of almost without a break, uh, I realised on the Sunday that 
I was still able to sing, but I just I could feel that my batteries were a bit flat, you know. And you're standing up the whole time too. Uh, or do you have a chair? Uh, yeah, we can sit or stand either yeah. way. But anyway, so I, I did actually. My batteries were a bit flat last Sunday, so I just said, "Oh, well, that'll do." And I just packed up and went home and <laughs> sat down and watched football on TV, you know. <laughs> but generally, I'm blessed with a, a throat that doesn't seem to wear out. I mean, it used to, but somehow or other, I learnt how to not let it happen. So I'm blessed, yeah. Yeah. And Pete's got a good, beautiful, clean voice. And the thing about singing harmony is that when you sing harmony, you get twice as much volume with half as much effort. So your, volume, your voice goes right out. You may notice when you honk on the horn of a car, it's not just one note, it's two notes in harmony. Like, uh-huh. you know? I mean, some, there are certain cars that go eh, 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 like that. But, we don't like those. But the, you know, the, the good horns on, on a Holden or something, there's actually two notes in harmony. So there. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to listen next time somebody beeps at me rudely. <laughs> <laughs> or anyway. <laughs> Well, you're both sitting there with your ukuleles. Would you like to play something? Yeah, I, I think we should do one of Pete's songs. So this is a song I wrote which is sort of along the lines of if you're a white, male, middle-class Australian, do you have the right to sing the blues? So it's called Unlike a Rolling Stone. Never had my share of Jumped aboard a slow freight train or seen a gypsy for advice. I don't hold a mojo hand or find the luck in the rolling of the dice. If you spend all your life with no hardship or strife, how you gonna pay your dues? If you ain't been treated like a Yes, that's great. Unlike, I liked it. Unlike a Rolling Stone. <laughs> yeah, probably better than, yeah. better than like a Rolling Stone. <gasps> Can I say no, that? No, 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 I no, can't no. Say Pete's that. a Dylanologist. Oh, okay. <laughs> see, see my, my view on Bob Dylan is he's a great songwriter, but I wish he'd never sing anything. <laughs> are we recording? <laughs> yes, we are. Oh, shut up. <laughs> um, so, so tell me about songwriting, because I'm always very jealous of anyone who can write a song. Well, you 
write that one, Pete? Oh well, I haven't written very many. Um, I, I I think of it as um, I don't think of it as, as a sort of expressing my emotions. I think of it as trying to create an artifact that people will be amused by. That's the curator in him coming out, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> just creating something clever and, and pretty. That's that's what I'm aiming to do with songwriting. Uh, well, I well look, basically I, I started trying to write songs around about the time I started performing, and for a long time I wrote a lot of really bad songs, and eventually they started getting a little bit better. And I still write bad songs, but I know. I just throw away the bad ones. Yeah, right. I keep them in a compost, so, and sometimes <laughs> they they regurgitate and turn that into you know they they fertilise the next song, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, ideally, you know, they just write themselves, you know. Like um, Paul McCartney was uh, on his way to Abbey Road, and he, he said to the taxi driver, "How's your, how's how's the job going?" And the taxi driver said, "Oh, mate, I'm working so hard. I'm working eight days a week." And Paul McCartney said, walked into the studio, said, John Lennon, I've got a song. <laughs> so they wrote eight days a week, you know. So, you know, you just got to, sometimes something, will, an idea will just fall into place. Or like in the case of that, um, I'll, I'll play one that wrote itself, okay. One that I played there earlier today. And, and I wrote this as an apology for Mary Ann, you know. Her grandkids like this song because it mentions her in the song. It goes, sweetheart. If I don't introduce you When we run into an old friend of mine Don't be offended, it's just that I can't remember his name Sweetheart, I know it happens a lot now I see a friend I forgot now Was it last September or back in the 70s? remember when I, I last saw that guy Ah, sweetheart I need you to step up and shake his hand Say g'day, my name is Marianne Don't give the game away Please, sweetheart I'm not trying to be rude now an example of you know something a, a problem that keeps occurring you know I forget this guy I remember his face but I can't remember his name or I can't remember how long I've known him was it was it a few weeks ago or was it 30 years ago was it at the Nimbin Festival in 1973 or was <laughs> it down Paddy's Market last Sunday you know I mean 
Yeah, no. and so I, I totally relate to that song. Mm. By the way, I'm shocking with names. I'm also I'm actually bad with names and bad with faces, which mm. is a very bad combination. <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody looks like they know me, I'll just assume that I know them from yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll forget both of you completely by tomorrow. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you do a lot of the the festivals? Uh, probably uh, two or three a year. I'd well, say. We, we could probably be better organised. I mean, Pete's more organised than I am, and Marianne's also organised, and I'm badly organised. So, uh, uh, you know, we could, we, we could get the, the machinery running a bit smoother, but... Uh, but also, currently, we're, we're, we're playing at Paddington Markets in Sydney pretty regularly, and um, that's a fantastic way to spend a Saturday, and... Whereas at a festival you get to play for twenty five minutes. At you the market you can at the market you play for six hours and you get tips. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, um, you come here, I guess it's for, for fun and, and perhaps publicity, but I mean you don't make money at these, it's just it's just a, a well, fun thing to do. Some festivals we do get paid in. Yeah. Well the mountains they they yeah, yeah I remember we, we played there last year and then suddenly I just got a check. I thought <laughs> first I thought, a check? <laughs> what am I gonna do with this? <laughs> they get it wet. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, funny. it's so, so cute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, generally, I mean, you just here for fun. Aren't you? Here for fun, yeah. Meeting people, catching up with people, getting seen, and just having a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of songwriting, right now, so at one stage uh, we were down in Tasmania, and I started playing these chords, and and I worked out this whole chord arrangement, and uh, I was trying to think of some lyrics for it. And a few weeks later, I was back in Sydney. I was on a bus on Glee Point Road, and this idea for us, a lyric came to me. You know, so for several weeks, I had a chord arrangement that needed some lyrics, and a, a lyric that needed some chords. And it, the thought never occurred to me that the two might fit together. This is a bit of an <laughs> unusual seems, way. Just way. This doesn't happen like this very often. But after about three weeks, I thought, wait a second, that one. Fits with that one. And they did and, actually fit. And this is what we ended up with. Wedding ring for sale. It's brand new. Still in the box that I bought it in. I'll sell it cheap to you. She left me standing at the altar. She couldn't say I do. It's not your fault She said I just gotta go And I stood there like a fool In front of my friends I said Sorry She's not coming Here's where the wedding ends She said Thanks for everything It was great sex She sent it in a text Let's drink away sorrow I'll get as drunk as I can get I know I'll feel the pain tomorrow Tonight I'll drink to forget Raise up your glass To pitiful me Have it for free. 
said she wanted to get married. I said, sweetheart, if you want to get married, then that's what we're going to do. No problem. And then she left me standing at the altar. She couldn't say I do. She said, it's not your fault. She said, I just gotta go. That's a bit unusual for, to write that song, for the, the way it was written, and also, yeah, I think there's a certain, like, a Tom Waits kind of influence coming through there or something, you know, it's got a bit of a sort of a, one of those bush ballad side of sort of songs or something, I don't know, it's a, it's, I, I was, it was a gift. They're all songs that come, you know, they just fall out of the sky and you just got to catch them before yeah. they break. It's like catching an egg, you know, <laughs> you got to catch them carefully because if you get, like, when you're writing them, You've just got to let them flow out of you and not worry too much about the editing process. Just get as much material as you can while it's flowing and then after it's all, after the, the initial arrival is, is passed, that's when you start putting it into some sort of shape. But it's very important to keep the flow going while it's arriving. Otherwise, you end up with half a song, and that's that's no bloody good. You know? No, no. Yeah. Well, I have that, but that's my theme tune because theme <laughs> tunes have to be short. It's one minute long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only song I've ever written. I'm, I'm playing a short song. Okay. Yeah. This is very short. It goes. Uh... If I could realize any fantasy, I always wanted to fly like birds. They got the first prize, we got language, they got wings, we only got words. All I can do is to write songs to play, and fly in my dreams, and bide my time, and in the next life I might have my way, and I'll fly. A prisoner of gravity Yeah, I'm a prisoner of gravity Nice! So that song was inspired by, I was riding along in the car and we were listening to a, a CD with uh, The Kinks a compilation album of the Kinks. And there's a song by the Kinks said, I wish I could fly like Superman. So that's that idea went into my head and 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 I started thinking about I wish I could fly. And then that evolved into how much I envy birds because they, you know, they can fly. All we can do is talk, you know. And they make it look so, so easy, uh, don't they? So that's how that song... And it, it took me a long time to... You know, that song was a long time evolving, but... Yeah, it's only a short song, but it yeah, look, it does the trick. Mm, yeah, I, you know, it's nice. Well, there's always the last question I ask on this podcast. Mm. Oh, you're nodding. You've listened to one, haven't you? Or did I tell you? Did I warn you? <laughs> no. Okay, I didn't. <laughs> so, um, Dennis, I'll ask you first. How has ukulele changed your life? <laughs> well, 
well, I'd say music generally, you know, just being able to sing and play is the most fun you can have with your pants on, okay? So uh, that, I mean, you know, that just makes living a party. Every day is a party, you know. And for me, the ukulele allowed me to um, learn how to play um, chords, which as a guitar player, I never understood, you know, like sixths and ninths and diminished and half diminished. All these chords which I could not get my head around as a guitar player on the ukulele because it only has four strings when you find out how to play them they're quite simple to do and that's opened up doors for me to be able to play some of those old especially the old Tin Pan Alley and jazz era tunes um, better than I otherwise would so uh, musically it's opened doors for me and it's allowed me to um, perform and to perform with Dennis and I'm in another group as well so um, it's been very good for me and I, I don't see the ukulele as a, a fad or a craze I think it's here to stay these festivals that are on now have been going you know for years um, it's a proper instrument it's not a novelty but it's an instrument that brings people together and makes them smile and makes them want to participate in communal music in the 50s they had in England there was skiffle which is a bit like folk, blues, country, sort of... Lonnie Donegan had songs like, Oh, my old man's dustman, he wears dustman, songs like that. So skiffle was a thing that went through England. Every kid in every street was in a skiffle band. It didn't matter whether they could play or not, if they had a guitar or not, or if they, they could use a, an old dustbin lid or an ironing board or a washboard or any, anything that they could clap or sing or do anything, you know. So they, what happened was... All those kids in the 50s gave themselves permission to be in a band. And seven or eight years later, they became the Beatles, the Hollies, the Rolling Stones, the Kinks, the Who. So this ukulele boom that we've been experiencing for the last decade or more, which is largely inspired by George Harrison, I have to say. He loved a ukulele, didn't he? And uh, so the good thing about it is that we... Are, uh, all, the, all the people who, you know, like there's a lot of people about our age in their 60s who are retired and they say, oh, now I'm finally getting a chance to think, now what's a good musical instrument I can play, you know? Well, my uh, mum's just started and uh, she's 83. Oh, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Having, she used to play the cello, so she's, yeah, it's yeah. much easier when you get older and your hands and your shoulders yeah, and yeah, things yeah. don't work. Yeah, she can still play ukulele, which is, which is great. <laughs> so I think that answers your question about ukulele fairly well. It totally does. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen. It's thank been you, Meredith. An absolute it's, pleasure. It's been very nice, and thank you to Pete for being my partner for all this time. It's just fantastic. You know? I'm very, I'm blessed to have Pete and the band that we've got are just the sweetest guys. Uh, it's just fantastic. We have a piano player who was born on the same day as me, and he can play anything. It's just, you know, I, it's like I've died and gone to heaven. You know, it's fantastic. <laughs> Thanks very much, Meredith. Pleasure. So Dennis mentioned the performance at the festival where they got the crowd to participate. Now I recorded some of that performance, so if you'd like to hear it, stick around after the credits. Ukulele is a New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune and it was performed by me, Jasmine Fellows, Jeff Skellums and Jim Croft. Seb Carrero does the graphic design. If you want to find out more about Dennis and Pete or to book their band for a gig, you can go to their website www.aubreyandpurton.com or if you're in Sydney on a Saturday maybe just drop into Paddington Markets you could get lucky
You can also check out the Ukulele is a New Black YouTube channel, which has a playlist with songs relating to this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can support me on Patreon. You can buy some merch at ukuleleisthenewblack.com or give the podcast a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Episodes are released every second Monday and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. I'll be back with another episode in two weeks. Because it's the new black.
Has anyone got a cheese finger? Cause it's the new black